Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Hour number two of the show live from the Auction Community Studios. It's Wolf and Luke. Luke Lipinski is here. Tim Ring is in for Wolf, but Wolf has a pretty good reason. Wolf is in Mexico City, and Wolf is on the uh, Arizona Sports Line right now joining us from Mexico City. Wolf, what's going on, buddy? What's up, boys? What's it, uh, what's it like down there? Well, let's say I'm looking out the window right now. I'll go ahead and take a picture for you and tweet it out because I know you'll love that, Luke. I'll tweet it out. You can actually see there's a real haze over the city right now. I'm told it's not haze, though. I'm told it's smog, and it kind of looks that way. It is it is building after building after building, and it's surrounded by this film. Very interesting. Yeah, Wolf, there was 103,000-plus at this game when the Cardinals played the Niners back in 2005. And I know for the most part, players probably don't care what the total attendance is of any given game. But when you play in one of the most largest attendance to ever witness an NFL game, as a player, that's got to be a pretty cool deal to walk out there and see 100,000-plus people. There's no doubt about it, Timmy. And the, the one thing you got to remember with Estadio Azteca, of course, is the fact it's got a moat around it. I don't know <laughs> yes. if you guys really know that. It literally has a moat around it, and that's because of the soccer um, matches that they have in there. And we all know how crazy uh, soccer matches can get from time to time. There are hooligans, after all. So they've got a moat around it, and... It's incredible, man. Not only this massive wall surrounding it as well, but the, that moat. And then you walk onto the field, and um, people go nuts when kickers come out onto the field. They cheer. I'm talking about pregame warm-up where kickers are teeing the ball up and kicking it off, and they roar <laughs> every time the kicker kicks the ball off. Well, you know, in in pregame warmup, it's just it's one of the strangest sensations I've ever seen, ever been around. Yet that is one of my most vivid memories from 2005. Was just watching the absolute mind job of watching Neil Rackers kick the ball off, and they were cheering for him like he was Ricky Martin at an old girls' school, man. It was bad. And then he, and then he had, I think he had six field goals in the game, which is like the perfect symphony. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the fans had to be going bananas because they want those field goals more than the touchdowns, I think, Wolf. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, man. It's a different atmosphere, a different vibe, and I'm really looking forward to it, though, because... Um, it's electric. You can feel the buzz as you walk out onto the street here. Uh, Wolf, the news today, I don't think it was really a shock, but now it seems like it's a lot more official that Colt McCoy is going to start tonight. There's talk Kyler might not even play next week. I mean, I think they're going to wait and see, obviously, but that talk is out there. But specifically for tonight, Colt McCoy did everything you could possibly ask of him last week. The 49ers are a different animal, and the, the book usually on backup quarterbacks is it starts to get harder the more they play. Where's your confidence level in him being able to pull off something similar in a second week, or does he have to attack it differently this week? 
Yeah, I think they're definitely going to have to attack it a little bit differently right now. I think the 49ers know, okay, you're going to try to get it out quickly. That's what you're going to do. You're going to try to get it out quickly. Uh, I'm sure at some point in time they're going to go ahead and adjust their secondary. They're going to play a lot tighter, I would imagine, right from the very beginning. Um, also might actually bring a little bit of pressure. Typically, this is not a big pressure team. Uh, they're they're going to rush four and drop seven for the most part. Maybe they start with a few five-man pressures just to kind of change it up, getting ahead of Colt McCoy. Um, I can tell you right now, guys, that the confidence level in Colt McCoy from his teammates, um, sky high. I kid you not. It's amazing to watch them. Uh, we saw a little bit of it on Hard Knocks, some of the DBs, of course, talking about Colt McCoy and the fact that he's getting the ball out on time. This is a team that has supreme confidence in Colt. And I know that Colt McCoy, here's a guy who's 36 years old, He's been around for a long, long time. He's seen it all, boys. He knows exactly what to expect tonight. Um, My only question is, will they physically be able to protect Colt McCoy? That is the only question that I have right now. But in terms of confidence going forward, I know his teammates have supreme confidence in Colt McCoy. And I think San Francisco gets a game tonight because of it. I tell you, I was so impressed. It was just a snippet from Hard Knocks, but Colt McCoy's leadership in the quarterback room, Wolf, you know, listen, Cam Cam Turner was in there, the quarterback coach, and listen, it's clever editing, perhaps maybe Cam Turner gave a great 15-minute speech before they didn't use it, but boy, Wolf, if you watch that clip and somebody has said, who's the quarterback coach? You'd probably answer yeah, McCoy right. after a while. So, yeah. so what this guy's bringing to the table, not only in steady play, but I also think you know the schematic mind that comes with playing for 100 years in this league was on full display. And I think Colt and Cliff came up with the perfect game plan against the Rams. But I agree with you. They, the, the 49ers now have that on film. They're going to be ready for it. So how does Cliff and Colt, what do they do tonight to overcome perhaps that from a game plan schematic standpoint. Yeah, boy, that is no to me. That is the question you've got to ask right now. How do the Arizona Cardinals win this game? It is, it is abandon all hope. Ye who enter here, Dante's inferno to me when I look at the 49ers because their rush defense is so good, guys, and that's where it starts. Because you would say, well, Colt McCoy's got to be in a balanced offense, right? He's got to be in a balanced offense. You got to be able to run the ball, and I think he does. I think he does need to be in that balanced offense. The problem is, you're talking about a 49ers front seven that is as good as it gets in the National Football League, and it's led by Nick Bosa, of course, and Fred Warner, Mike Backer inside. Eric Armstead is going to be out. That's good for the Arizona Cardinals because he's an excellent interior defensive lineman, a very good run stopper at this point in his career, but that box is so good, they shut you down, number one in yards per attempt allowed and number one in yards per game allowed. You put those two things together, those rushing yards per game and attempt, man, and then you watch the tape, and you can see it. This is a lockdown shutdown front seven, and 
that means it's going to be difficult to stay balanced and commit to the run unless your defense actually steps up and plays. You hear it all the time, complimentary football. As long as you're talking about complimentary football on the strategic end of it and not, not the tactical end of it where a player is like, oh, now I'm going to play hard because, you know what, um, we just turned you over. You know, don't get me started on that nonsense. But I can tell you that um, – They've got to get the ball out quickly, and at the same time, they got to take shots down the field. I think the 49ers are going to come up. I think they're going to press a lot more than what we saw the week before, but the 49ers can rush for and get pressure in your face, man. That is the biggest difference between them and any other team the Cardinals are going to face. This is the best pass rush, number three in sacks per attempt on the season so far. They get after a quarterback and they don't have to bring five or more. They rush four. They drop seven. And it's just, man, Colt McCoy in the receiving room is going to have to be at their best if, in fact, the Cardinals are going to walk out of here with a win. All right, Wolf's going to stick around. We're going to do another segment with him when we come back, get his thoughts on tonight's game between the Cardinals and 49ers, what he wants to see from Big Red on Monday Night Football. It's Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring filling in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Hi, it's Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring in for Wolf. Wolf, of course, in Mexico for the game tonight, and he's joining us right here on the Arizona Sports Line. Wolf, we you know we talked about the the difference with Colt McCoy in there. Um, some of the injury updates that seem to be trickling out are that we are probably not going to see Hollywood Brown, but we probably are going to see DeAndre Hopkins. So I guess let's start there. How? <sighs> How are you going to move the ball through the air if you still don't have Hollywood Brown and now you don't have Zach Ertz? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Luke. It really is. Um, I'm so disappointed. Uh, you know, Hollywood Brown, we saw him earlier in the week. Um, he looked like he was moving so well in individual drills. I don't know if he tweaked um that foot at all uh, this week. I haven't heard anything down here. I can tell you that it doesn't look good for Hollywood. I haven't gotten any definitive comment or word from anybody here that he's not going to play, um, but it doesn't look good. That much I can confirm. D-Hop, I think, is going to go, as you said. And also, too, I wouldn't be shocked to see Max Williams activated. I don't know if word has come out on that. I wouldn't be surprised if that were to happen. He got activated off of IR and brought up, of course, from the practice squad um, to the active roster. I would expect to see that happen. That definitely will help. Um, 11 personnel is going to be big in this game. One back, one tight end, three wide receivers. Hollywood would have been nice. Hopefully they can get something out of Robbie Anderson. It's been um, a big disappointment to me personally. I thought that Robbie Anderson was definitely going to make a bigger impact on this offense. Hopefully he could step up um, tonight with Rondell Moore, of course, and D-Hop, and then have 
Max Williams and James Conner um, as your tight end and running back respectfully and Colt McCoy as your quarterback. Um, they're going to need to play out of their minds. Uh, they need to stay balanced, as I said, the last beautiful part of the program. But um, they also need to throw the ball and they need to take shots down the field. The 49ers from time to time have been susceptible to shots down the field. Um, although they have what I think is a solid secondary, their pass rush is what makes their DBs a lot better when you watch it on tape. So um, the injury situation is its so difficult for me because, once again, they're going to be starting four backups on the offensive line, and Calvin Beecham will be the fifth, of course, and he's been the starter all along. But, man, Josh Jones, one-on-one against Bosa, guys, um, that's scary. <laughs> well, throw it quick again, Colt. Maybe hit him with some screens, too, Wolf, especially if they're sending pressure, as you talked about in the previous segment. Uh, and, and, Timmy, you're right about that. I mean, there's things you can do yep. to try to combat that, but, you know, do you think they've seen that before, right? Do you think do you think their defense ha- has seen people try to do that to them before? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And you, you're, you're going to have to try to disguise what you're going to do, of course, but, man, it, it just doesn't look like a great matchup for the Arizona Cardinals when you look at that defense and you look at the injury situation and how the Cardinals have been playing offensively. It's not a great matchup. Well, winning the turnover battle would go a long way. In fact, oh. people remember that Colt McCoy win in Santa Clara over this 49ers team. They, they well, Cardinals won that game 31-17. And we remember Eno running over people and James Conner taking screen passes with one hand. But remember, Wolf, the 49ers had some really inopportune turnovers in that game. And if the Cardinals could force a few or the 49ers could just make a few on their own without being forced, that could go yeah. a long way into tipping this game in the Cardinals' favor tonight. Yeah, no, it's a great point. It really is. Um, it always is, isn't it? It is the great equalizer, yes. man. When you can get more turnovers, of course, create more takeaways, and then your opponent, it's just absolutely huge. So, yeah, a lot is going to depend on that. I actually had three keys. Luke, you know how big I am on three. Got to have three. And keys, of course, the line of scrimmage. Um, you, you have to be able to hold up on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. This is one of the more physical teams in the National Football League. They're going to come out and they're going to try to kick the tires, so to speak, of the Arizona Cardinals' rush defense and their ability to dominate the line of scrimmage defensively as well. That's number one. Number two, the Cardinals cannot beat themselves. They can't. Uh, The turnovers, you mentioned it to me right there, but uh, mental errors, miscommunication, penalties, especially of the pre-snap nature, uh, burning timeouts, they cannot have these types of mistakes happening in the game. And number three, um, their defense has got to find a way to limit Christian McCaffrey, just like they did when they played, I believe it was October 2nd, why that number stands out in my mind, but when they played the Panthers October 2nd, they did a great job limiting his touches and limiting the damage he did. He did have nine receptions for 81 yards, but they kept him to only 27 yards rushing. They got to do the same thing here because 
it all starts with him. I know you got Debo Samuel. I know you got George Kittle. I know you got Brandon Ayuk, who is having an excellent season. And Jimmy G, of course, we all know that. But it all starts with CMC and stopping him. Wolf, uh, on that line of, of trying to stop Christian McCaffrey, it's weird because you've played him once this season, but he was on a different team. You're probably going to see him three right. times this year. How much can you take from that first game if you're the Cardinals and you're Vance Joseph? Because it's the same guy, but it's obviously a very different team. Yeah, no, you you can't take a lot, Luke, because now all of a sudden you got to stick him into Kyle Shanahan's offense. So it's a completely different offense. Uh, for the most part, they are going to try to attack the line of scrimmage. And with Jimmy G as their quarterback, use play action to throw the ball. That's going to be big right there, bigger than it was against the Carolina Panthers. But um, listen, it's a, it's a situation where a, a player, a defender, a DB, a linebacker, they can take that first game and how Christian McCaffrey ran the ball and some of the moves they may have put on these defenders or some of the runovers that Christian McCaffrey may have tried against them, they can take personal encounters with Christian McCaffrey from that first game. They can take that and use that because that typically is who he is, but schematically, they just can't transfer much over. Uh, I'm assuming... Desperation here tonight, Wolf. I, I felt like the Cardinals had that against the Rams. I'm assuming this will be an ugly game if the Cardinals win. I mean, you'll take it, but are, are you looking well, for that sort of desperation? So. Yeah. <laughs> ugly would be good. Let's hope it's ugly, Luke. <laughs> ugly wins better than a pretty loss. That's 100% true. You got that right. I'm just saying um, that's what I think they need to do. Uh, I think somehow, some way, the Cardinals' defense has got to play out of their mind so that it's a one-score game, a one-score possession back and forth throughout the entire game where Cliff and company can stick to trying to run the ball. Yeah, I I realize a lot of it is going to be sacrificial running into the line of scrimmage, running into the strength of the 49ers defense, but it's got to be used in order to help Colt McCoy throw the ball and use play action to throw the ball. It's got to be used. So, if you're if you get down by two possessions, especially if it's in the second half at all, even early in the second half, and you get down by a couple of possessions, now you can't sacrificially run into the line of scrimmage. So defense and special teams will hold the key tonight. They've got to make it ugly on the 49ers somehow, some way. Not allow them to score. Turn them over and get them into third and obvious pass situations where you can bring some complex pressure packages and blitz packages. Or Otherwise, I just don't see um, this game being a win. Wolf, we are looking forward to the ugliness, man. Thank you for the time. Okay, boys. Talk, Have a great day. Talk Happy to you in a little bit again, everybody. Yep, yep. Thanks, Tim. That's uh, <laughs> Wolf checking in from Mexico City. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, you concerned at all about the Cardinals running back depth? Because it took a hit since the last game. It's Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring filling in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford.
Welcome back to the show. Tim, ring in for Wolf. It is Wolf and Luke. And did you just say that the Broncos cut Melvin Gordon? Because we're sitting here talking about, we're going to talk about the lack of depth the Cardinals have at running back, right? Yeah, Adam, well, yeah, Adam Shevder just tweeted about 10 minutes ago, the Broncos have waived Melvin Gordon. Wow. That was, nah, he's wow. been he's been the subject of a lot of ire. From Bronco Nation. <laughs> Bronco Nation has a lot of ire. Yeah, to throw they, out they're there very right angry. But see, Bronco Nation, and I can say this because I worked in Denver you for did. a long time. Yeah. They expect to win the Super Bowl every year. I they believe like every week. They actually. believe their football team is the greatest football team to ever play in the history of the National Football League every year, every single season, every week. Well, let me just check. They the are astonished real quick here. when they don't win. <laughs> they are not in first. They have a worse record than the Cardinals. They are three and seven, and they are angling towards a top five pick right yeah. now. The Broncos and they're, are. Are, are arrogant. They're an arrogant bunch. Well, they're and these are my friends. Unhappy. It sounds like it sounds like you guys are pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, these are my friends. Now, listen, I mean, they did not know else. You need a quarterback? Go just get Peyton Manning. Go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, you need another quarterback? Go get Russell Wilson. Go right to the Super. Well, oh, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Not good. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the uh, the Cardinals' potential issue, they are now very thin in a position where they were loaded coming out of camp. All the talk of camp. Okay, well, they were talking up Eno. Okay, so Eno's definitely on the team. James Conner's on the team. You don't go out and get Daryl Williams to let him go. And Keontae Ingram sure looked good, I thought. So they're going to keep him. And then they kept Jonathan Ward because of all the other things he does. They kept five running backs out of camp, Tim. Well, now you have two. Now, I guess technically you call up Corey Clement, so you have three. But... You you moved on from Eno a week ago today, and I know it was a week ago today at exactly 2 o'clock because it was right when our show ended last Monday. Steve Kime, because we haven't heard much from the Cardinals about this, uh, Cliff kind of gave a brief Cliff answer, which is probably the right move. I don't think I don't think we're going to hear much. I don't think we they are. Get the details coming we out from them. We might see on Wednesday maybe, on Hard Knocks. It maybe. sounds like according to HBO we may, but but either way, here's um, this is Steve Kime on with Burns and Gambo, and so they asked him a couple questions about Eno, starting with the running back room. I think predominantly James Conner, and I think Keontae Ingram, you know, who I think, again, another rookie out of USC, has done some good things. Physical runner, nifty feet. For a big guy, can really cut laterally. And, uh, you know, getting excited to see more of him because I think he's got an opportunity to be a good back. I do think Ingram could be legit, um, but here's more from Kaim. They asked him about, okay, why'd you cut Eno? Yeah, well, Cliff, Cliff, I think, addressed that. And, you know, it was a decision made by the organization. And, you know, we'll wish him well in Houston. Okay, well, then how about this? What uh, what about reports of Eno being upset? There are reports out there that he was unhappy with playing time and got into it with one of the coaches after the game. Can you confirm that? Wish him the best in Houston. Mm-hmm. That's, I did not know the Gambo voice was in there when I hit that. that it was loud. It was loud. Up, loud. But, uh, yes. uh, so well, that, listen, that's all you're getting out of Kime. Wish him luck in Houston. And if Steve didn't want to address that, I mean, if it wasn't true, I would think he would have no problem saying that's not totally accurate, guys. But the fact that he, you know, we're, we're on to Cincinnati, yeah. that interview, <laughs> that interview yeah, uh, tells me that probably a lot of validity to the, to the reports that Eno uh, was unhappy and got into a, a altercation of some sort with an assistant coach, running backs coach. And if you can believe the producers and the production team at Hard Knocks, they have some of this. Yeah, I now, believe that they have. If there's something, I believe that they have it. And it sounds like they're going to show it this week. Or, or let, me, let me ask you this. Let me throw this out there. If they happen to miss the altercation... 
they definitely have the opportunity to be in the room when Eno gets released from yeah, Steve Kahn. Now, now by Steve Kahn. Just like the rookies do yeah. in the in the August hard knocks. You know, hey, hey, Jimmy, there's no easier way to say it. You know, you, you know, like that that awful meeting. But it's that, always like the the <laughs> 135th guy in camp, and they and it's hard for them to cut him. This is a little bit different. This guy's on your team. And I would be well. It's gonna, we're going to find out. I, I would be. Oh, I won't say shocked, but I would be shocked if the Cardinals let those cameras into Steve's office yeah, when he did that. I, see, I mean, I'm, I'm torn <laughs> because I think we'll probably see something because HBO has indicated we're going to see something about the actual blow up if there was one. Well, I don't. I don't think. I'm kind of with you though. I don't know if they're going to show Steve. I don't know. I'm. I, this is why I'm torn, Tim. I. I. I like Eno. And and I like you know based on all his time at ASU and his years here he's he's a he's a fan favorite he's also like a teammate favorite from all that we've we've ever heard he's an easy guy to talk to he's an easy guy to root for I do think he's a good running back I I don't think he's Derrick Henry I don't think he's like the best running back in the NFL but I think he's a, a decent NFL running back as like a changeup um, so part of me wants to see like there better be a good reason you guys cut this guy but I so I want to see that but I also don't want to see Eno. Acting so out of character that the episode ends, and I'm like, yeah, I'm glad they they had to cut him. You know what I mean? Like, there's no good that's going to come out of this. Oh yeah, it's like the old, yeah, okay. It's there's not there's not nothing good is going to come out of it. it while while it could be great theater or television, air quotes to see you know in Steve's office getting released. To me, I think the biggest benefit is like what happened with the coach. That's that's and the did, question. I mean, was it was it deserved? Were the Cardinals? In the right, because obviously when the story broke, Cardinal fans who, you know, cross-train as ASU fans, they were upset. This is one of our favorite guys, right? Good when they've called upon him. He too. was he, he was he was their number two running back. He he was the talk of camp. He was one of Arizona State's favorite sons. Kickoff and tackle on the same play. Remember that right. play? That was like a month he's, ago. He's returning kicks. He's kicking off. He's running for touchdowns, but. If you see whatever transpired after that Rams game or late in the Rams game, maybe you have a different opinion where you're like, okay, I could see why the Cardinals had no choice after Eno did. That's where I'm torn. But here's the deal, Luke. Like, Hard Knocks has a lot of cameras, obviously, at every game. I mean, we're going to find out soon enough, but what are the chances they had a camera on a backup running back who hadn't played in the game? On the sideline at that particular time, that might be why though. When it went, when it went down, and if it went down on the sideline, did it go down in the locker room? Did it go down in the in the concourse, like the walk to the locker room? Yeah, well, you know, that, it, that's the thing. You may not. I mean, there, I'm sure there are places you can go where the cameras aren't going to find you. Not that he would have like purposely done that, but just like if they're walking right. off the field, you're right. But why they don't have you, a camera on every guy. No, but and why would you have a camera trained on the backup running back exactly. on the sidelines? Except maybe it, it did get weird in that game of like, well, we haven't seen you know at all. You know, like usually you expect to see James Conner for 90% and Eno for 10%. It was Eno for one play. So I don't know. Maybe the cameras got there when things started to heat maybe, up. We don't know. Maybe they did. We're, gonna, we're going to find out. And that's, I just want to, as, as fans might have expectations about what they could see, I'm just kind of throwing out some of the elements from a television production. Like they may not have the altercation. They might not have been let into Steve Kimes' office. The Cardinals may have said, no, no, we're drawing the line on that. We're not going to embarrass the kid yeah. and put that on Hard Knocks. But if Hard Knocks got the altercation, and it sounds it sounds like they have some good stuff, it could we could see the altercation. I see. And, and again, do I want to see Eno looking ridiculous? No, I don't. I like Eno. 
But if if they show it and it's like, oh, that was it. Why'd they let him go? People get on time for for missing on draft picks. He hit on that pick for as late as that pick was. You get a pick a, a guy that can contribute in the sixth or seventh round. So I'm guessing it was. Um, they're not in the business of just cutting guys that are. I was them. just gonna say. And I know Steve Kime has been a punching bag for a lot of Cardinal fans about the way they do business, and Cliff too, obviously. But the Cardinals aren't in the business right now of cutting good football players who can help them win games. Not for no reason. The fact that they did that so quickly tells me that whatever went down was probably pretty bad. Yeah, and that's why it's like, I don't want to see that. But at the same time... there's got to be a reason, right? You don't want to just be like, oh, but... What if you went to Western Kentucky? Would you want to see it? Yeah, of course you would have. You know, the the the, <laughs> yeah. the the ASU, you know, bloodstream throughout this story uh, makes it a They don't a have a lot here. of... If James Conner, I don't know if you've noticed this, has gotten hurt in the past. <laughs> like, who are they going to turn to behind him now? Come celebrate the biggest FIFA watch party in town with Estrella Jalisco, Sarah Cazell, and special guest Gerardo Torado as the Mexican national team takes on Argentina in front of big screens with live music and giveaways on November 26th at Sportsman Park. Text soccer to 62620 for complete details. Sarah just reappeared once I said her name. Did you say tomato, tomato? What was that? Uh, Gerardo Torado. Oh, Gerardo Torado. <laughs> Where do the Cardinals stand injury-wise heading into Monday Night Football? It's not great. It's Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring filling in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Love you, bro. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, Tim Ring is in for Wolf today. We got a slightly shorter show. You don't. You're, we're giving way to Tim Ring at one thirty. Marathon day. Yes, for the old man today. I, sorry, sorry, I, sorry, I, I have to tease you because <laughs> this was this was me last year with this stuff. Um, so we're going to one thirty. No Burns and Gamma today. Obviously, the Cardinals are playing the San Francisco 49ers in Mexico City. This is a game everybody circled on the calendar at the start of the season anyway, because it's it's your home game that's not being played at home, but it's Monday Night Football. It's in Mexico City. It's one of two Monday Night games for the Cardinals this year. And it's against the team that you've had. What was the the number you read? 10-3 and three in your last 13 against the 49ers? If they win... What was it? They will be twelve. If they win, they will be twelve and three okay, so in their last fifteen against the Forty Nineers. Unbelievable! I knew that they were good the last couple of years. They obviously swept the Niners last year. Uh, it's taken on a lot of meaning, though. I mean, this is clearly the most meaningful game of the season. If you're the Cardinals, it's pretty meaningful for the Forty Nineers too. As much as I think. I don't know, Tim. If we sat here and drafted teams that are going to come out of the NFC, the 49ers would be one of my top picks. Uh, they're only five and four, or five and five. Four, five yeah, five and four. So they they need the win. It's not like the Cardinals are facing some team that might take them lightly. No, I mean the 49ers right now have got their sights set on winning the division and getting a home playoff game and making the Super Bowl. I mean that's what that's what the, that's what the standard is there. That's what the goal is there. Yes, and they're, but they're looking, also in the third wild card spot right now. They are, and that's why they got to win some games because they obviously did not come out of the shoot the way the way that they would have. Liked, but they've had the injury bug, but now they're getting healthy. They've added Christian McCaffrey. They believe, like they're put it this way: there's nobody in that 49er locker room right now that doesn't believe they're going to win this football game tonight. Yeah, they're, they're like, okay, the Cardinals have not been very good this year. Yeah, they just beat a terrible Rams team. That was one bad team beating another. So I guarantee the sentiment in that Niner locker room right now is this is a game we should win and we will win if we do what we're supposed to do. And it's actually tough to argue with that sentiment. But for them, 
the Seahawks are six and four. Seahawks didn't play this week, Luke. So the, the 49ers would be in a tie for first with a win tonight. So you, I know you're talking about third wild card, but a win tonight. And suddenly everything changes because they've already had a win over the Seahawks. Well, so technically yeah. they'll be in the they'd they'll be four and zero in the division if they win, and tonight, they'll be in too. that division lead. Technically, the now, only reason obviously. I'm bringing any of that up is just because it, it's not like you're going to face an eight and one San Francisco team that might take this game lightly, or you might catch them napping. They they do need the win. So for the Cardinals, it's going to take it's going to take the defense probably turning over the 49ers, I would say at least twice. It's probably going to take a game changing defensive play. It's going to take Colt McCoy, you know, avoiding the pre snap issues that. Tyler had. Colt hasn't had them, so maybe that helps. But, man, if you look at this injury report, and I'm holding it right here just for, I don't know, dramatic value. I printed it out. No Zach Ertz, which we already knew. No DJ Humphreys, which we found out on Friday, and it it destroyed Wolf, and he was not happy for the rest of the show. No Byron Murphy, which we found out over the weekend. No Kyler Murray, which we have found out this morning. And it doesn't sound like Hollywood Brown either. So, and, and I get it. I mean, they didn't have Hollywood last week, but that's a lot of guys. I, I mean, the Byron Murphy one, it's kind of getting lost in the shuffle. It shouldn't. No. It, it's only getting lost in the shuffle because there are so many other injuries. And they won a game without him last week. But, yeah, no, that's a big deal. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is obviously a is an up-and-coming receiver in this league. And Debo Samuel's running around out there catching passes. And, and George Kittle. I mean, they got they got the weapons. They got the weapons that the Rams, you know, the Rams have been pretty much a one-trick pony with Cooper Cup. And the Cardinals have actually did a pretty good job on Cup, the two games that they played. But the 49ers are far more diverse when it comes to arsenal and weapons. So that's going to be, you know, so to not have Byron Murphy in this game tonight, that's going to be a factor. And, again, the four backup linemen, man, it's like they got the job done last week with that game plan, and it worked perfectly. It's, is it going to be tough to, this is what we were talking about with Wolf. Is it going to be tough to replicate the exact same game plan two weeks in a row? Yeah, and that's what, and, knows, here's the thing about San Francisco. They watched you last week, obviously. They know. <laughs> I would hope they did their, their homework. I would think they did, yes. They <laughs> have also seen Colt McCoy, though, in this offense a year ago. So part of your benefit with Colt McCoy is the, the element of surprise. Last week didn't look anything like Kyler Murray in, in this offense the week before. Some of that element of surprise is gone uh, tonight. And I just, you know, we, we have the deb- the conversation. We're going to have it again shortly. Of, you know, would you rather play Colt close to 100% or Kyler close to 60 or 70% or whatever he is? But the reality might be tonight, they need something crazy to happen in this game. And Kyler's most, more likely to make something crazy happen. Colt will give you a steady game. Okay. You got your healthy offensive line and your defense is healthy. Okay. Let's try it. You know, Colt beat San Francisco last year. They, and San Francisco then almost made the Super Bowl. But they're, the Cardinals are going to need something crazy to happen to win this game tonight. Now they can do it. It's not like it's, this is not some one in 15 team playing some 15 and one team, but just with the injuries, they're going to need something. They're going to need to make something go their way tonight. It's almost as if you need to replicate not the Rams game plan from a week ago, but literally replicate. And it's not so much the game plan, but a pathway to victory that you had in Santa Clara when Colt McCoy beat this team last year. And he beat him handily. I mean, what was it, thirty-one seventeen, the final in that game? Yeah, these, but again, these games are always close. But again, I, I I talked about it earlier. Go back and watch that game. While the game plan was a little similar to what the Rams, what they did against the Rams last Sunday, that game turned and was defined by 49er turnovers at inopportune times. And those turnovers, they're the great equalizer. And if the Cardinals can win a turnover battle 
tonight, maybe forcing turnovers, a stri- stripping uh, a 49er receiver or running back or, or causing some kind of tip pass that leads to a pick that gives the Cardinals a short field. That's what has to happen. Because I agree with Wolf, Wolf, man. If it's a straight-up four-quarter football game without turnovers or some kooky game-changing, field-changing plays, I'm not sure the Cardinals, with the injuries they have, can beat this team straight up. If this game just goes by the book tonight and everybody that plays kind of does what you typically would expect them to do, and thankfully it's sports and it's real life, and so it's it's not it never happens quite like that. But if everything was just chalk tonight, if Christian McCaffrey played the way he typically does and Debo Samuel plays the way he does and a bunch of backup offensive linemen for the Cardinals play the way they typically would, San Francisco will win the game. That's why you need to you need somebody to step up and swing things. And maybe it's Isaiah Simmons. I mean, he's done it quite a few times. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's somebody else on offense. Maybe it's DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe James Conner has a big game. But but something slightly out of the ordinary is going to have to happen. I'm going. The Cardinals want to win this. I'm game. going JJ Watt. Ooh, on that guy. He's coming off a big game. He's coming off a big game. Impact impact Sunday against the Rams. Not gaudy statistics, but five quarterback hits. Yeah, like the Rams. John Wolford and the Rams offense. They felt JJ Watt yeah. in that game. If Watt can do something like that again tonight, now, for, again, the 49er offensive line, way better than the Rams. And what the crap they were putting out there on the field. They were just so almost as beat up as the Cardinals. It was, the I mean, they line. got guys. They, we joke about you know, pulling guys off the street. They were literally pulling guys off the street to play <laughs> offensive line lately. They're down to like third and fourth string at some spots. But a guy like J.J. Watt, you know, do you get a strip sack and a fumble? Again, gives yourself a short field on the offensive end. These are the kind of things you just need to happen. How about a big special teams play? Don't see many of those by way of kick returns and punt returns in the NFL. Saw like, a couple yesterday. Like you do in college, but saw, you see some. Saw the Patriots win on one. Yeah, and maybe the, they the something fa- like that. The Falcon game, uh, Patterson returned a kick. So, I mean, you know, do the Cardinals have the personnel to do that? I, I don't know. But that would go a long way. It's just there's always a recipe for upsets in football, right? Whether it's college or pro. Yeah. Turnovers, fluky plays, tip passes, short fields, special teams blunder. You fumble a punt and you give a team a short it, field. It def- that's what I was saying before. Like A lot of these games, you, what was the 31-17 you said last year? That was actually one of the wider margins in, in a Cardinals 49ers game. Most of these games are like a score or 10 points or whatever. So... That's your path. This is not like this would be some huge upset. If the Cardinals win tonight, I'm not going to come here tomorrow and be like, oh, can you believe this? This is like oh, this is one a- of the but, – but it is going to be an uphill battle considering the players you're missing. As you have lost players this season, San Francisco has added players. Hey, Luke, it's a 5-4 and four team versus a 4-6 and six team. Yeah. It's winnable. Yes. All right, they put their pants on the same way we do. <laughs> One leg at a time. That's the spirit. Except for when I do, I make gold records. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke. Tim Ring is in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.